Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Men Who Talk Through Movies, the podcast where a couple of guys get together and refuse to shut up until the movie is over. All right, that's only half true. We don't stop talking after that either. All right. So joining with me today is, of course, Jeb. You guys know Jeb. Hello. I'm the co-host. And joining today, special guest, James. What's up, buddy? Hello there. General Kenobi. So, before we get to the more informal introductions and talking and stuff, here are some quick instructions for you. If you want to listen to this podcast, there's two different ways you can do it. You can listen to it by its, which is currently available on YouTube and Spotify and Anchor, or the proper way to listen to it, pull up the movie yourself and watch along with us so that you can see all of those moments that we're referencing. All I right. mean, even if you want, you can talk through the movie too, but we're not going to hear you say it, but we're not going to stop you from talking through it. Yeah, who wants to hear that crap? I mean, keep it to yourselves, people. <laughs> all right. You boys all ready? Yep. All right. The movie is currently available on HBO Max. You can watch it there or on DVD or wherever else it's available. Make sure you get it as close to the zero-second mark as possible. All right. And as of uh, this recording, it's on Netflix, too. Yes, oh, it is on geez. Netflix, HBO Max, and like Steven said, you can watch it on DVDs. Oh, I love availability. All right, so once you got it at the zero to one second mark, get ready to press play. We're going to do five, four, three, two, one, play. You okay. guys set? All right, we're, I'm ready. Let's do this. I love right, this movie right. and this series. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, well, shut up so I can count down. <laughs> five, four, three, two, one, play. And we are rolling. If you are watching on DVD, we are right now having the Warner Brothers flash up on the screen. So we are good to go. Ah, yes, Warner Bros. I have a love-hate relationship with them now. Yeah. What, what, what can you say? You, you win some, you lose everything else. All right, so James, this is your second time watching this movie, right? It is. All right, so... We're definitely going to be asking you some questions as this movie goes, because me and Jeb grew up with this movie. Um, and honestly, I kind of wish that I had watched it the first time a little bit later in life. So I would have appreciated uh, some of the more emotional and complex parts of the film. Uh, but I'm really curious to hear, like, how you reacted to some of these particular scenes. So real quick, if you give like a, a, a quick... What's that word I'm looking for? Jeb, help me out here. What's that word I'm looking for? Rundown? No, Summary. not a rundown. Jeb, you are absolutely zero help right now. <laughs> um, not a summary, but a, a quick review. If you, if you like a one um, to ten in like a quick sentence. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And it's not like... It's not like I don't like Christopher Nolan or anything because he's made great movies. I was just wasn't like I've seen The Dark Knight before, and I just didn't really care for Christian Bale's Batman. Got it. So, but um, I actually enjoyed him in this. So that's interesting. So you saw The Dark Knight first? I did. Ooh, ooh, that is interesting. I mean, it, it was works almost well... a decade ago, so it's been a long time. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it works well enough as a standalone film, but I, I do think that this movie does help set the scene for the emotions that come later with the next movie. All right, so this this brings out a very interesting uh, perspective of Bruce Wayne. So I, I didn't know this until recently, but 
Christopher Nolan actually had very little knowledge of the comics, which mm. is why a lot of this does not line up with the comic. Are, are either of you very familiar with the Batman comic books? Yes. Okay, so how closely did this and the Dark Knight uh, kind of correlate with the comic books? Well, the one that, at least for this movie, is how they handled the League of Assassins. Mm-hmm. Of course, they changed it to the League of Shadows. And the biggest one is how they pronounce the villain's name. Because it's it's not Raz al Ghul, it's Raish al Ghul. Mm-hmm. And I think they made some joke towards the movie. It's like, am I saying this right? And I was just thinking, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was some sort of meta joke. But <laughs> That reminds me of... Okay, so I don't know if you guys have seen this, but like a long time ago when... Um... Uh, uh, was it uh, when Obama was in office and Hillary Clinton was sent as like the ambassador to the Russians and they pulled out this like cheesy little like reset button to reset our relationship with Russia and then and you know, after that they start talking about it it's like now we tried very hard to find the right Russian words um, are those the right words they are not oh they are not okay I just found that humorous anyway <laughs> But uh, what I th- me and Jeb have talked about this like personally before with the uh, the recent Superman perspective, how Superman is now the more realistic. This is what Superman would be like in the real world. That's a lot of what Christopher Nolan was intending for this Batman. I found out exactly because because Joker is just a crazy guy. It's not like he fell into a vat of acid or anything that ruined his his life, but. Because there's the, the scene in the second one where he's with the cops and he actually doesn't have makeup on. Mm-hmm. So there, because he's just, he's just wearing white stuff on his face. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that. I'm, I'm not a fan of the whole acid thing, but that's another movie. We can, we'll get to that when we get to The Dark Knight. Yeah. So... Like I said, as much as I love this movie series, because I'm not going to lie, me and my girlfriend just finished watching um, this series. Oh, yummy girlfriend. Stop Stop it. Okay, go. But yeah, we just finished watching this series on Tuesday with The Dark Knight Rises in preparation for the new Batman. Mm -hmm. For the new Batman movie. Um, And like I said, as much as I love the series, this was never my favorite one until I got older. It jumps around. That is true. Yeah, that is that like, is a classic. It, Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, it was just so hard for me to understand what was going on that I was very confused. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I think we're about to see it. Like, he starts off training with the League of Shadows, and then all of a sudden he's back in Gotham for his parents, uh, the trial for his parents' murder. And I'm just <laughs> like, the heck is going on? Did I miss something? Yeah. It, but again, as a kid, that's hard to keep up with. Now, as a fully grown man, I can understand I was just stupid. Yeah. It is a, a classic tactic of no one's, though, and one that yeah. he, has, he has been criticized for a lot because he does like to do this jumping on the timeline thing. And personally, yeah, he did that a lot in Dunkirk. Yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he did that in Dunkirk. He did it a lot in uh, The Prestige. 
I think Inception was one of the few linear storylines that he did. That movie. Yeah, because it doesn't need the it doesn't need the extra confusion lever, layer, I guess. <laughs> that was probably a wise move. Well, Batman, in order to fight criminals, you need a very particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, watching this with Lindsay, this was our first movie. Me and my girlfriend Lindsay watched together. Yeah, she because she she's seen Star Wars, mm-hmm. which Liam Neeson is in. Mm-hmm. He dies in that first movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson in this movie dies in the first movie. That's true. That is true. And he technically dies in the first Chronicles of Narnia. But he comes back to life, though. <sighs> you, just, you just blew my joke, man. But um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a funny all prepped, and you're just like, no, I'm going to stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, so she was like, man, he just can't never make it through the first movie. And I jokingly told her about Sean Bean. Oh, she yes. was so confused, though. She was like, Jeb, because she's not good with actors and faces and names. So she's like, <laughs> why does this guy from Lord of the Rings have anything to do with Batman? And I'm like, babe, <laughs> you're not understanding the joke. I'm telling you, Sean Bean dies more than this other guy. And she was like, I think I lost you there for a moment. You still there? We've lost Jeb. Oh, no. He's wandered too far off the path. Dang. Apparently, I just heard y'all lost me. I can't let my phone turn off. Oh, that's a... Oh, no. Yeah, because I've I've been trying to add input a lot during these first 10 minutes, and I'm wondering if y'all have been hearing me or not. Not that just all, established like... that y'all have not been hearing me, <laughs> so I cannot let my um phone turn off. That that's uh, not great, my friend. That is not great. No. Let me test it with mine real quick. All right. You guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh... I think it's because since you sent the link through Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. uh, my phone didn't take me to the app which I have. It just took me on the website through Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. Yeah, so... But anyway, like I was saying, first movie me and my girlfriend watched, she got confused when I brought up Sean Bean, and I told her, babe, Sean Bean has nothing to do with Batman, and she was like, why the heck did you bring him up then? And I'm like, because he (laughs) dies more than Liam Neeson! He dies all the freaking time, and it's hilarious. As as someone that has read the books, I'm kind of convinced that the reason why they cast Sean Bean in Game of Thrones was because they could kill him off at the end of the first season. <clears throat> he's, only in, he's only in one book. so. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like there was a movie I watched where he lived to the end, and I was like really shocked by it. National Treasures? Yes! yes. <laughs> uh, the first Percy Jackson movie. Oh, that's true! That's true, because he was Zeus, I believe. And unless it's God of War, you know, Greek gods don't die, so... That's true. <laughs> there you go, Bruce. Of... Oh, never mind, never mind. Jiu-Jitsu, what are you, a weeb? Panther. <laughs> I never heard of Panther style. I think you're making that up. Wakanda forever. Yes. I... <laughs> this will be the end of Wakanda. <laughs> but not of me. The, uh, I do... So... The central theme of this movie, as described by uh, the cast and the crew, is fear. About yeah. how fear is like the central. I, I think that's only half true. 
And I'll point it out more as the story goes along, but I think that it's more the conflict between fear and hope. Mm. Because hope is the overarching theme of all three movies. Oh, my my favorite quote. Sorry, buddy, but we got to listen to it. Why? It's not 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 here. Sorry. Sorry. It's almost there. It's here. Sorry. And, And Dark Knight Rises, it shows that scene. Yeah. No, actually, it's the end of this movie. It's during his uh, flashback when he's unconscious. I think it's both. And why do we fall? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Okay, sorry, buddy. As you were saying. No, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just a quick like one-off thing. But why do we fail? So we can learn to pick our grades back up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I do appreciate the dad figure here. And um, Nolan is sometimes criticized for not having very emotional characters. And I do, with with the Waynes, I do kind of agree with that. Um, he, he does seem a little emotionally dry. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like... Have those people show... seen Interstellar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Murph, 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 Murph. Oh, no, Murph. Murph. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, Murph. I'm sorry. Go man, ahead. In nearly every movie that that man is in, he's known for one word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Owen Wilson and wow. Oh, wow. You got to up those all rats. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> the Waynes are presented as being just such like wholesome people. And that does come back around near the end of the movie, but like... Because they are in the comics. It's, yeah. I, I've seen a couple of adaptations of uh, of the Waynes being like these semi-corrupt people, and I'm like, that, that, and Joker. that loses all the punch. Yep, Joker did that. Um, wasn't it in the Telltale version of Batman they were semi-corrupt? It was. That was the big one. Yeah. There was another... Because at this point, I've gone through and watched most of the animated movies because some of them are really good. Yeah, um, they really are. I wonder what they're, they're watching. I'm not sure what they're watching, honestly. Some opera, that's for sure. You know, it, it probably would have behooved at least one of us to research what this opera was. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, not even a real opera. It. I feel like it is one. I feel like I read that at one point, but mm. I don't. I don't remember what it is. She figured this was better than Mark of Zorro or whatever, because that was the movie they they were watching when they got shot, or oh, before they got shot. That's true. That's true. Is it Faustus? Sure, I remember. I'll take your word for it, buddy. I have no clue. Yeah. All right. So we we've talked about this pretty much every time. There's there's a new uh, a new Wayne death. What would you guys rank as the top Wayne deaths? Does th- does this one rank with the top ones? Um, I think so. I haven't seen much of them, to be fair. This to is be- again this this was my introduction to Batman and superheroes. Mm-hmm. So this one always stands out to me. Gotham, the TV show, season one, episode one. That one stands out to me. Um. I can't really think of any others that, you know... Oh, no, I lied. 
people, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'm going to talk about this movie because I actually pretty, like this movie. I'm pretty sure I'm going to agree with what you're about to say. Batman mm-hmm. v Superman, Dawn of That's Justice. What I yeah. I just really want to see him, the, because his name escapes me. I want to see him play Flashpoint Batman. Um, Ooh. Because that's Thomas oh. Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Dean, Dean, um, oh, what's his name? Jeffrey, Dean, Jeffrey, me. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's it. Yes. Jeffrey, yes, him. I, I was going to go with Dean Bean. <laughs> Don Bean. <laughs> but no, the Warner Brothers is being stupid, getting rid of the entire Snyderverse, and getting Michael Keaton back for Flashpoint Batman. Michael Keaton? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that one's actually okay. But other than that, you know. DC has been doing the multiverse thing longer than Marvel has, so that's true. That, that is true. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, comic I think book it's wise, also, <clears throat> comic book wise, yeah. In, in terms of like the live cinematics, um, I think it's fair to say that uh, Marvel has definitely outplayed DC. But in terms of like the animation, like if you if you bring in the animated movies as well. I think that DC does much better than Marvel. Oh, I agree. Because I don't even remember when the last animated Marvel movie was. What was it? Phineas and Ferb Marvel crossover? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it could have been. Uh, but I don't know if you've... Okay, so when you were saying with, like, the Wayne deaths, have you seen uh, that... Well, you just kind of see it off in the distance, but there's an episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold where they kind of touch on it. Mm. I have not seen it. Um, this show is good. Okay. How does it play out in comparison to this? Like, you just see him walk off into an alley and then bam, like they just die in the distance. Just kind of how subtle and, or not subtle, but you know, how kind mm. of. I think the fact that you just kind of see it in the background, like some distant memory, just kind of makes it hit a little bit harder. And then they do an episode where Batman actually goes after the guy that killed his parents, and it was legitimately good. Really, really good. Yeah. I do really like this scene. I do too. I, I, I feel like this is very accurate to how it would be. Because he would be in shock for a long time. Yeah. Oh. Also, the first uh, the first project that Michael Caine has done with Nolan. And he hasn't gotten out of it since. <laughs> he is always in a he is always in a Christopher Nolan movie in some way, shape, or form since this performance. Yeah, because I think I think they're good friends. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's working with the Godfather. Every time I get out, they pull me right back in. All right. So throughout this talk, I want to ask you guys a series of question of favorites. So mm. since crap. this is a Batman movie, okay, favorite Batman. Kevin Conroy. It could be any of them. Video game, voice actor, live action, favorite Batman. Kevin Conroy. Amen. I'm going to have to go with this one because... No, no. Batflick. Batflick? I like Batflick. I thought he was alright. This is my number two, but I really love the raw realism and the anger that Batflick shows. That's fair. Um... I have to go with Chris, Christian Bale because he was my first, but I will say because I saw the new oh, Batman. You, you, you might want to phrase that a little differently, my friend. <laughs> you guys know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. But I will say 
Pat Battinson. Because I saw the Batman on Thursday night. Nice. Oh, yeah. He's a close second because that movie, like, puts more of Batman's detective work. Okay. And that's something we don't really get to see. I mean, we see a little bit with this Batman, but not much. But, like, the Batman was solely a Batman detective movie. Gotcha. Okay. So, back, kind of harkening back to the old, old, old comic book style. Yeah. I will it say, a lot my like only, Batman, you're one. Yeah. My only complaint with Battinson, though, was, and I think the guy I watched a review of the Batman said it best. And I'll use this Christian Bale because that's just the one he referred, or this Batman because he referred to it. Um, Christian Bale's Batman plays three different characters. Yes. Bruce Wayne and the public. Bruce Wayne with Alfred and Batman. Mm-hmm. All of which feel different and distinct. Yes. Battinson just plays a broody person in all mm-hmm. three a- areas. And that's it kind of, you know, eh. Yeah. But again, this is, I mean, this is what sets no one apart from difference because that was his intent. His right. intent was to give this like multifaceted view of Batman. Yeah. All right. Interesting thing. All of these fight sequences that you see, every single one of them, Christian Bale had memorized. Wow. Yes, he used a, uh, a stunt double to do some of the more dangerous stunts, but every time that he was allowed to do a stunt or a fight scene himself, he did it. Mm. And that was... He, he actually ticked off the uh, fight coordinator because uh, the fight coordinator would show him like a series of movements or they would go through like a fight sequence. And then 30 minutes later, he would come back and he'd have it perfected. <laughs> so Christian Bale could probably beat all of our butts. Yeah. I don't doubt it. In terms of a character arc here, I really like that they gave uh that they gave a uh, Ducard a big character arc here. Yeah. Like they it's not just like we show you his motivations when we show you he's evil. Like you get to know him before you get to know his intentions. Right. I just thought that was I thought that was a really smart move because it kind of breaks the cliche a little bit. Mhm. I I also like that they bring this 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 specific conversation back into the third mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Like I will I will say what you want about Dark Knight Rises. I will even admit it is a slow, boring movie to start with. Yeah, but the themes and social commentary that it talks about is so good. Yes, yes, because it. All three of these movies, it's true, but definitely with Rises, it's a critique of the nature of the day. Yeah. I still haven't seen Dark Knight Rises yet, but I will get to it eventually. The only reason that I have major issues with it, I've noticed, is... Well, okay. First, the pacing is a little bit slow. I'll agree with that. It was better the second time I watched it, but it is definitely still slow. Uh, my biggest issue with it is Catwoman. Mm. I I hate every scene that she's in. But I, I mean, like, I've always had a vendetta against Catwoman. Like, 
I'm not a big Black Widow fan either, but I can tolerate Black Widow. I do mm-hmm. not like Catwoman. Yeah. My next question. Yes. Favorite Alfred. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Because so I do, people. I do really like um, this Alfred. Yeah, I love Michael Caine's Alfred. But I don't know if I'd have to guess or pick one. I'd have to say the Alfred from Gotham. Mm. The is that TV Sean series. Pertwee. Yes, Sean Pertwee. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I want him to come into Doctor Who just playing his dad's doctor at some. Point. I agree. <clears throat> That'd be so freaking cool. I think for me, I'd have to say the one that comes to mind the most is the Alfred from. Uh, Oh, what's the movies? Uh, the Dark Knight Returns, parts one and two. Mm. Who plays Alfred in those? I'm not sure. I, I suck with uh, actors' names. The only, there, there's very few actors I know. And the only one that I really keep up with is uh, Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Who's my one of my favorite Gordons? Oh, he is best. Yeah, I really like him as Gordon, too. Yeah. I Oh, my gosh. I, I Have you guys seen him in The Darkest Hour? No, no, I want to though, dudes. Oh my dudes, him as Churchill was like the only choice. There could not be a better Churchill. Um, it says Michael Jackson as Alfred Pennyworth in uh, Dark Knight Returns. Michael Jackson. This is a, a different one. It's not not I the sh- Michael Jackson. It's I sure a, hope so. <laughs> this guy was a radio commentator uh, who was British but lived in Los Angeles. Mm. Okay. Well, okay. all right. That, that, that makes me feel better. Definitely. I don't want, I don't, I really don't want to think about a singer groping kids while I'm watching a Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Um, a lot of people actually assumed things like that about Batman when Robin was introduced in the comics yes. in the forties and to, to make him look not gay, they made him a playboy. Yes. He's... This was the 40s, <laughs> keep in mind. Oh, yeah. The The character of Batman is such a culturally malleable character. Because, like, because like the original Batman used a gun. Mm-hmm. And then that, they got backlash for that, so they got rid of the gun. It's like everything that they've gotten backlash for with Batman, they have gotten rid of. Yep. I swear I'm not peeing. I'm pouring more coffee. So that's what they all say, buddy. That's what they all say. Wanna, Just admit wanna it. Be... Just admit it. You're going to the bathroom. That's fine. Uh, fine. Fine. I am taking a massive dump while we are recording on a syndicate. It's not a syndicated show, but I, I just ruined my own joke. Close enough. I just killed my own joke. There's his gun. The bat gun. <laughs> It's no, okay, I don't want guys. To... It's it's only rubber bullets. It's not really going to kill the guy. He just It's like I don't want to hurt him. I just, I just want, want to make him realize he was wrong. I just I want don't... him to be unalive. <laughs> I just don't want him to feel pain anymore. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody beat me to it. Yeah. But every like every week you're talking about changing Batman to like whatever the public 
perceives him as. There's always this take that floats around Twitter that's like, Batman needs to use his money to help people rather than beating up people. And it's like, what? Have you ever read a comic book? <laughs> Who? He does this all the time. <laughs> oh, Lord. I mean, okay. That brings us to another point because there's a there's an issue in our society where we have oh it's a theme of, one of the themes of this film there's an issue in society with people not being willing to step up and address evil yeah it's ridiculous how long we let this play out I mean um, you know we we all come from Southern Baptist households and uh, Southern mm-hmm. Baptist school there's been an issue in the Southern Baptist Convention of tolerating leaders who are doing sexually immoral or evil things Mm -hmm. and it's been it's taken quite a few years to even begin the process of cleaning house yep and just like with here i mean like the city is being ruled by a mob boss uh but even the people like rachel and gordon who are willing to do something about it they don't have the means to do it and so everybody's just kind of stuck you either leave the city or you live by the city's rules. Yeah. And I think I've talked to both of y'all about this separately. I don't know if I mentioned it in last week's episode of the podcast, but I feel like we are the generation that is going to take a stand. I sure hope so. Like, the more I talk to men of our generation, heck, no, I don't talk to the women about it, but mm-hmm. I might need to ask some females, but I feel like we are the generation that is going to fix the messes that the church has you know yeah gone on for too long i I think we've got the potential for that um i do think that one of the things that's going to have to happen though is we're going to have to have people who are ready to control the chaos um glenn beck kind of describes it as a swinging pendulum the pendulum swings Mm -hmm. all the way to wonder okay, well, that direction was a bad idea, so we're going to swing it all the way back the other direction. Now, that's a bad idea, so what we need is we need something to bring it back into the center so it stops swinging back and forth so drastically and dangerously. And so for, for our American politics, that's the Constitution. That's our balancing agent. It's the Bible of the uh, United States government. For us as a church, it should be not only the Bible, but the character and nature of God. Ooh. Okay, James. James, mm-hmm. James. Talk yes. to me about this scene. Tell me what you experienced watching this scene for the first time. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought he was great as Falcone. I also, the way that this is framed looks like the restaurant scene in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for noticing that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I actually do like it when you, you see that, you see it in The Long Halloween, uh, if you've read the book, or I haven't seen the movie adaptation of it, but I like it when Batman's actually going against like the mob, because I think yeah. it's kind of cool. And I, I feel like this scene is like the center point of what pushes Bruce Wayne to become Batman. Yep. He's, he's realizing that within this system, he's not been able to change anything. If he plays by the rules, 
he doesn't change anything. If he breaks the rules, he gets put in prison. So he has to become something more than what he is. Yep. And I love scenes and movies, shows, whatever. And like this scene, when two ideologies clash, like Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you, like, don't get me wrong. I love a good action scene. I love action and a nice, you know, martial artsy kind of fighting because we did martial arts. So I loved, um, me and Steven did. We did martial arts, so I love seeing it. But I really love it when I see two ideologies clash. Like my favorite mm-hmm. episode of Loki was the season finale because of just the philosophical ideological talks that were happening. And my this one of my students in um Sunday school was like, no, I hated that. That was so boring. They were just sitting down and talking. And I was like, no, buddy. There was a lot more happening than just talking. Mm-hmm. War start over dinner discussions. Yes. And that's what's so, that's what makes like, like that conversation right there. That was a one handed power play. Mm-hmm. That shows, that shows you the character of the mob. The mob uh, doesn't care about your beliefs or your values. They've got their own set of values. Sometimes they think they're the good guys. Sometimes they don't care if they're the good guys. But their values are what drive them to do the things that they do. And unless you change that, unless you change their values, you're not going to change anything about the mob. There's nothing you can do except for bring them down. Mm-hmm. Oh. I find that. He stole a loaf of bread. Sorry. <laughs> All this for a loaf of bread? <laughs> Steven, that was last week's movie. You know, I, I get what he's saying here that, you know, um, he's stealing his own stuff so he's not really a criminal. Uh, isn't that called... That is me! <laughs> I'm the guy! <laughs> And here again, we come back to the center point of this film being fear. The driving focus of the League of Shadows is fear. Mm -hmm. The driving point for uh, moving the story forward is overcoming fear. Yep. And now we're a bunch of druggies. Well... What can you do? Not do drugs, that's for sure. Kids, don't do drugs. I swear, officer, I'm only following Christopher Nolan's example. (laughs) Officer, I can't take you seriously right now. You're like my greatest fear or something. (laughs) You're like a swarm of bugs. I can't take you seriously right now. Officer, I'm really trying to have this conversation with you as a rational human being, but you have a striking resemblance to Nancy Pelosi with a scythe right now. <laughs> you guys one ever th- wonder if... Uh, what, what? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, one thing that um, I didn't talk about because we were talking about other stuff, but one thing I also love about this movie is his like the montage training segments and Oh, we lost him again. No. Yeah. Sorry, I I didn't clear. I didn't keep my phone open. 
But um, one thing I love is um the training segments and the montages of either like in this movie or with him becoming League of Shadows member. And then I think later we see a montage of him basically getting his gear to become Batman. Yeah. I love seeing montages. Call, call me cliche, but I like a good montage. Another thing that uh, Christopher Nolan intended, he intended for Batman to take like a process. It was like a, a buildup of him realizing his values, getting the tools that he needed, and then putting it all into a working piece. Because mm. uh, the theme of all of the Batman movies before this one was that you would see the villain first, the villain would do something, and then Batman would just appear and stop it. Mm-hmm. Or like the metamorphosis of becoming Batman was just throwing a couple of dollar bills at it. Right. Whereas in this movie, you watch his internal struggles... Yeah. And then you see him testing the equipment. Yeah. And and one thing I've always said about these movies, because I've said it in before in some in one of your other podcasts, that this movie, these movies, this series is not a Batman movie. It is a story of Bruce Wayne becoming the man he needs to be. Yes. And it's a three movie arc and a three movie process. Because here, Bruce Wayne begins. Bruce Wayne is learning to becoming that man. Yeah. Dark Knight. Bruce Wayne becomes the the hero that Gotham needs. Yes, yeah. he says Batman does, but it's really Bruce Wayne coming to that realization. And then Dark Knight Rises. Um, Bruce Wayne realizes he needs to make a sacrifice for the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool right there. Yes. yes. Most impressive. So something you were saying about like how Christopher Nolan was doing, like wanting to make a more realistic Batman and with the Rachel Ghoul and the League of Shadows or the League of Assassins in the comics. They don't they don't do the Lazarus Pit thing. Correct. Yes. They do not. He's like two hundred years old, I think, when he first meets Batman, so Yes. Um in this series, all three movies, there is no magic whatsoever. It is meant to be as realistic of a Batman movie as you can get. Yep. Like Bane, for example, in Dark Knight Rises does not have Titan. He is just, um, Bane is just, was a member of the League of Shadows who was excommunicated. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's just stupid jacked. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And here we see the first tension between Bruce Wayne and the League of Shadows. Because at this point, he just, he just proved that he's on par with Ducard in terms of skill and ability. Yep. He's just proven that he can take him step by step and he can outwit him if he can't outperform him in nearly every way. They are equals. The only thing that divides them is what they believe. Mm-hmm. And that's what puts them on opposite sides like this. And that's what part of what I think this is, is so important about this movie is it shows his realistic approach to Gotham. Gotham is lost. It's corrupt. 
and it's probably going to be corrupt for a long time. Right. I I feel like this, a, oh, sorry, go ahead. a great sorry. example that um, me, John, and Lindsay talked about Gotham and the League of Shadows is Gotham being Nineveh mm. and the League of Shadows being Jonah wanting God to destroy Nineveh because it's corrupt. That is an interesting idea. You know, hmm. I never thought of it until I watched Dark Knight Rises with um, Lindsay and John on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel Gould talking about himself like this it was basically like that meme with Obama uh, wrapping the, the metal around himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what is necessary? All right. Did you have any reactions to that moment, James? This moment? Yeah, with the, uh, with the uh, sudden turn and attack. Like, it's something I kind of expected was going to happen, so... Okay. I mean, it's a Batman movie, and they're not going to, like, they're not going to let him... Or he's going to try to do something to save the guy and beat everybody else, and then they're going to try to stop him with some flick on the wrist kind of thing. Yeah. So, I wasn't entirely surprised, but this is still a great fight scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And something that... uh... I always have admired Christopher Nolan for is he tries to do as many effects in camera as he can. He uses yeah. very minimal, uh, very minimal special effects. So like when you see stuff exploding around them, there's literally stuff exploding around the actors, which yes, makes it a little bit more hazardous. But at the same time, like, it makes it more fun for the actors, for the directors, and it makes it honestly more appealing to the viewers. I don't get why we have to do so much CGI when things like this right here, like, they're they're literally blowing up a building. Yeah, like, I feel like if you do need to do and use CGI, also have practical effects so it at least feels real mm-hmm. you know like yes one thing i have to as much as i do like marvel as we talked about last week steven i agree that um not all of Mar- marvel's top tier most of its lower mid-tier yeah but if they literally just and and i get why they use like green screen and blue screen and cgi so much because when they pop out four movies a year yeah. You know, they got to get it made quickly. Mm-hmm. But if they took their time, like early phase one movies, it would be great. If they yeah. had practical effects mixed with CGI effects, then that would be great because at least we have something to look at. And it was, and we won't know that it's obviously just a green screen or a blue screen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just with Marvel's philosophy of uh, they've always been this way, whether it was with, especially with comics, but they always like to flood the market with stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like they have to get as many films out there as they can. Yeah. And, and a good por- part of it, too, is when you sell your soul to China and the Chinese market, um, you're going to get a very different effect here because... I don't think that Nolan has a huge 
Chinese audience, but he's got the most loyal audience here in the U.S. and um, I believe in Great Britain as well. Yeah. I was talking to someone about Nolan and his filmmaking, and he's like, the reason people don't like Nolan movies is they have to think. Yeah. Like, even these Batman movies, you have to think. And it, it might not be as hard, but you still have to think of the symbols and the social commentary Nolan is talking about. And, you know, it's not... It, I'll be honest, I love thinking in movies. Challenge <laughs> my brain. Make me question the things I'm watching. Mm. Whether it's the prestige and, oh, who was, who, which, you know, who was who then the whole movie, you know? Or in Batman, oh, let me think about the social commentary that's plaguing our society at this very moment. Yeah. And isn't, sorry, another tangent I'm about to go on. Isn't it odd and strange that a movie that came out almost 20 years ago, the things still apply to our society mm. today? Yep. It makes it that is a that is a problem that a movie that almost came out 20 years ago I think this movie is what uh, came out in 05 and it's 2022 mm-hmm. so what 17 yeah yeah a movie that is almost 20 years old and we are still facing the same problems and the same issues as we did in 20 years ago mm-hmm. what does that say to us as a society yeah Well, you know, it's like a, it's very similar to like South Park. Um, Because I I, I don't, I don't, James, I don't know if you've watched anything of South Park, but like I've been recently kind of going through it. First, it's surprisingly, you know, less profane than I thought it would be in some episodes. Because they literally make, it takes six days to make an episode. Six days, yes. And that's, I watched the, uh, the documentary on um, six days to air. That was, that was a good, that was a good short little documentary, but yeah, from coming up with a concept to putting it out on the screen, it it is like six days from idea creation to production finish. Uh, But yeah, kind of like with this movie, the same social problems that they're dealing with here. Very similar to, uh, Back in what, 2000, no, 2000, 1997 to now, you've got self-hating Americans. Yeah. We're one of the few nations that actually hates ourselves. Yep. Like, if, I, I find that so odd. Like, anyways, I don't, I don't want to get too much into that, but like, it, it does strike me kind of as odd. And I guess that, that is kind of like a picture of Gotham here. Gotham hates itself. But Gotham also isn't willing to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why would you want to live in Gotham? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would you want to live in Detroit? I mean, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> because Detroit becoming human was made in that game. So, but that's a good thing. I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> think about that for a minute, there, buddy. That's just a really good game. Don't at me. No, no. You know what? Go ahead at him. Tell. Everybody, everybody listening right now, at Jeb, and tell him he's being dumb, dumb about Detroit. Becoming human, though. Okay, I grant you the game. At Jeb anyways, tell him your favorite pie recipe. Flood his freaking inbox. My my favorite pie recipe, though, is what my mom makes. It's a 
good old Schaefer recipe, French silk pie. It's basically a chocolate pie, and it's so Ooh, good. That sounds good. It is good. Um, so, um, thoughts on the Batcave? It's a very, cave. yeah. With bats. This is my favorite Batcave because it's very, very real to what would actually be going on. Like, you, you've got this part here where he kind of like is testing out the equipment, mm-hmm. which we see later. But it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? This Batcave is very low tech because of how wet and unstable an environment it is it's a great place to hide things but it's not very realistic to keeping all of the equipment that you see in like the comics or in the other movies right and so i appreciate that realistic approach uh but i also appreciate the Batcave from the dark knight in the uh, yes, in the underground storage area. Yes, uh, Cillian Murphy was another one of uh, Nolan's favorite actors to use. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he's a good one too. Like, he really is. Um, I think one of my favorite movies that I've seen him in that isn't a Nolan movie is In Time. That is a good movie. It's been a while. That is that one. That is a good movie. It's another one that you have to think through as well. Yes. Yes, audience, if you can't tell, Jeb's favorite movies are movies where he has to think through them. Dude, philosophy is so fun. It really is. You like, can, just you... don't just don't major in it, though. <laughs> yeah, no. Just don't major in it. Dear then you, you can ask people why they want fries with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a reason Naruto is one of my favorite anime, and it's not because of the action or the animation. Part of it's the storytelling, but the other part is just the philosophy that Naruto goes up against with his villains. Mm-hmm. He, he's very similar to Batman in that, like, uh, I forget who it was appointed it. I feel like you and I had this discussion when we did our episode on my podcast a while ago. I don't think Naruto kills anybody. Um, I do not think so. At least not yeah. in um the Naruto series. Now, when he becomes Hokage and Boruto, I think he might have killed a few people. Yeah. But yeah, in the original Naruto storyline, uh, he doesn't kill anyone. Like he defeats he defeats his enemy, but he doesn't finish them. He turns his enemies. You saw like the uh the redemption of pain, the redemption of Sasuke, the redemption of uh, Obito. Am I, is, yes. Is that, yes. All of these villains have some form of a redemption story. Mm-hmm. That's what I find so interesting about it. And that's very similar here to Batman. He overpowers his villains. And while he may not be able to convince them as much, he does everything he can to not become them. Right. And what's a what was the one? Uh Batman Under the Red Hood. You guys both mm. seen that one? Yes. yes. Yep. Oh, that's so good. John DiMaggio has... is a criminally underappreciated Joker, by the way. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> and, and you were saying about favorite Batmans. Um 
Bruce Greenwood was actually really great as Batman. <clears throat> yeah, this is true. Lucius! <laughs> well, Mr. It- Wayne, you better start swimming or you better start dying. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, Christopher Nolan take, because Fox did not have a huge role in the comic books, but Nolan decided he was going to give him his own little story arc and then make him a more central character. Yeah, because since Batman begins, after that, everything that came after that with Batman, Lucius was more of a prominent character. He's like a second Alfred. Yeah. All of these, by the way, are modeled after actual military equipment. Huh. Yeah, I, I was doing some uh, research on it yesterday. And, uh, you know, some of the uses for it are a little bit out there, but all of those pieces of equipment are based on actual pieces of military equipment used in that time, mm-hmm. including the suit of armor. Hmm. So you guys know Liam Neeson, right? Yeah. Yep. Y'all think Liam Neeson quotes his movie lines during sex? Uh, well, probably brags about his particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them would not go over very well. It's, do not cite the deep magic to me, witch. <laughs> <laughs> You're stronger than your father. Minichlorians would do fine. (laughs) (laughs) I hate myself. Peter, clean your sword. This is what I agreed to. (laughs) This is what you agreed to. Jeb, do a podcast with me. We'll just talk through movies. About anything and everything. Well, this He's not a tame lion. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. No, that was a great one, James. Don't apologize. That was great. Of course, now going through my head is uh, the white witch going, let him first be shaved. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yay. The yeah. Batman montage. I, I do love watching, like, uh, like we were saying earlier, it's a process of him becoming. Yeah. Fun fact about this movie: um, this was the last Batman movie where they made his cowl, like, they, I think they made his cowl like a part of his cape, and so he couldn't really turn his head very well, so he'd have to move his body. Yeah, but when they did the Dark Knight. Um, and then later, they actually made it to where he can move his head around f- just fine. Yeah. Without having to move his body. I wonder why it took him so long to do that. Well, well, at least we'll have spares. I don't know, but I really appreciate that they fixed that because that really irritated me about the Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. Kid looked like he had some kind of a disease walking around. Or like he always had a broken neck. Yeah. 
the actor for Flash is actually freaking awesome. I love <laughs> him. Now, I mean, like, I don't keep up with him, but, like, he nailed this role. He really did. I, I will say, though, I'm a little sad. Again, this is just me who watches Go- who watched Gotham. I need to finish that series, though. Mm-hmm. I wish they got Harvey Bullock as his partner. Yeah. That would have been so good. Harvey Bullock is a great character. I don't know if I already asked, but I think we all kind of agreed. But favorite Gordon. I don't, I don't know if I asked that yet or already. I think other than like maybe the the nineties Batman movies, I don't know if there's been a bad Gordon. That's fair. Yeah. And I, he's he's one of my favorite DC characters, period. So um I heard Jeffrey Wright's really good as him. Yes, I enjoy Jeffrey Wright's Gordon and the Batman. I would have to say this is my favorite, but I mean, I'm very partial to Gary Oldman. He, he is definitely, he is my favorite actor, as I've said many a times. And as I will probably say a few more times during all three of these movies that we do. At least his voice doesn't sound stupid. Batman's voice doesn't sound stupid in this scene. That's one of the things, one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of his Batman. The Batman voice? Yeah. He just sounds a little juicy. Sounds like he smokes six packs yeah. a day. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually a Christian Bale creation. That's what set him apart from the other actors who were auditioning for it. Yeah. And yeah, I can see because in this movie it's not as growly, and then he goes full on the growl. Yes. But I mean, come on. You're telling me, where is she? Come on. It sounds dumb. It's class. Yeah, I know. But it's classic. Where were the other dogs going? Wait, that's it? That man doesn't wear hockey pants. (laughs) Or no, that's the next movie. I just just lost my voice. (laughs) Hello, Governor. Where are the drugs going? (laughs) Where are the other drugs going? (laughs) Those are some funny videos. I don't care what you say. I actually do. I think it's Bruce Wayne's actually okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about earlier, this is not a Batman story. This is a Bruce Wayne story. Mm -hmm. But you could say arguably, like they say at the end of the movie, that Bruce Wayne is the disguise and Batman's the real person. Mm -hmm. That is fair, too. Yeah. He puts on a public show to keep his cover up. Uh me and my wife are watching through Chuck right now, and uh, it, it's it, it's similar in that he's got to keep a, a cover and a public profile, but very different because Chuck himself is the same undercover as he is out in the open. I really need to watch that show. I hear it's such a good show. I've seen it's, like the first three episodes. It's pretty good. It's very, very cheesy in some parts. And, uh, <laughs> Have you met me? Cheesy is my middle name. That is true. That is very true. I mean, I mean, we're we're just. A, I mean, we're a cheesy group, anyways. Um, we really are. Like I've been, uh, I've been moving quite a few of our uh, our YouTube videos onto other video platforms because you know you need, you never know what's going to happen with YouTube. So um, I've been moving them over to other platforms so that we have them other places and can build a wider audience. And uh, 
there was somebody that commented on our you're wearing a mountain video and said wow this is crap yeah but i was like dude you just made my day (laughs) (laughs) i I, I I get I get pumped when somebody thinks that something that we did was stupid. It's like, yes, duh. That's the whole freaking point. Yeah. That's why at the in the comments of most of our stuff now, I I put embrace the quit the cringe in all caps. Like, just embrace it. That's it, it true. Makes life more fun. I always got confused about where he was, but. He's got the MCU disguise, superhero disguise. Which oh, is like, yes. yes. A ball cap. Ball cap over or under a hoodie. Yes. He just needs the sunglasses and it's perfect. I, I do. Uh, little details like this moment, testing out the mask. Mm-hmm. It's little details like that that help to make it more believable. Yeah. Oh, and um, in terms of other creations by Christopher Nolan, the character of Rachel. Yes. Rachel. (laughs) Rachel. I'm sorry, Stephen. That was the bet. Like, because you said we grew up with these movies. That was so fun teasing your sister about that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because, you know, I went from just like doing it one time, like, Rachel. To all the time we would see her, and that's just how we'd respond. My favorite moment is like we just yelled Rachel, and she was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> like she actually sounded like she was annoyed when we did it. <laughs> but speaking of Rachel, it looks like my car. <laughs> <laughs> Which Rachel do you prefer, this one or Dark Knight Rachel? Dark Knight. I agree. I haven't seen Dark Knight in so long. I yeah. I can't make a I can't make a proper comparison. Even though I think Katie Holmes did really well in this movie, I can't watch her acting without thinking precision of language. <laughs> what about what about uh, what about Rachel in the Dark Knight Rises? You forgot that one. Oh, <laughs> yes, Catwoman. <laughs> That so that was a good scene though where, where where she dies. Yes. So my favorite joke from my one of my favorite YouTubers that I haven't watched in a while, but I probably will because I love talking about them. When Blimey Cow did the yes. um, when Blimey Cow did the Batman reviews, yes, they were talking so about and how they were talking about how Rachel changes in every movie. Yes, and they had three different girls as Rachel. I don't know. That that lives rent-free in my head. His Batman videos were great. Yeah. You get you guys remember the one where uh where Sarah is on the phone talking to Bruce Wayne and he's getting all ticked off and everything. Yeah. And then he answers the phone. Hello! Who is this? Don't you, Alfred! <laughs> I like the one where it was like Batman at a Halloween party. Yes. And, yes. I think my favorite one is um, the review of Dark Knight Rises just because of one line. Because, you know, Jordan's all like, Jordan as Batman's all like, 
Dark Knight is the pinnacle of film. Nothing can top it. And then he talks about the Dark Knight Rises. And he's like, Dark Knight Rises is now the epitome and the pinnacle of film. The only complaint <laughs> I have, though, is Bane. I thought he was on my side until he broke my back. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we wait until the halfway point to introduce Batman. Yeah. But I... But that does give the reveal a lot more punch. Yes. And a classic meme. Yes. I do. Uh, Where I are do... you? Here. <laughs> I, you know I've got a, a long-standing war against uh the people who make previews. Yes. I hate that they use that scene in the previews. It That's takes fair. A, it, it takes away from the punch. It's like... It, it really, really does. My my thing with previews are when they show the last scene. Ugh. Or close to it. As much as I don't like the Star Wars sequels, I will give them credit. Like, when they did the, the, what, the trailers for The Force Awakens... Yes. It just showed us stuff with no context, nothing huge. Yes, and it was great. So Ray being the protagonist was a surprise. Yes. Yes. If yes. only she were a well-written character. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. I, I mean, I went into that movie thinking that uh, Finn was going to be the <laughs> protagonist. And also, if only Finn were a better written character, because you had a good setup and you ruined it. If yeah. only the sequels were better written. Yes, because, I mean, like, I appreciate the direction that The Last Jedi was going. It just, it, it did need a little bit more work in order to make it more succinct and enjoyable. Yes. Because, again, what I tell people is I like The Last Jedi. But here's what I like The Last Jedi about. The Ray, Kylo, and Luke parts. I don't care about the rest of that movie. Yeah. And the Battle of Crate at the very end. I do not care about anything else in that movie. Yeah. Okay, this scene. Okay, this scene, this scene, this scene. Okay? Yes, okay. Whew. This leads to a pet peeve of mine that has been bugging me for ages. Okay, Stephen, let me hear it. Because you, you have very strong feelings about this. I do. Women's self-defense myths. Guns are, are better than tasers. Guns are better than tasers. Tasers only work about 50% of the time. But additionally, did you notice how when she got surrounded, she turned around, slapped the first guy with a purse, and then turned around with a taser to the second guy? Yes. No, 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 no. I, I get that there's very little that you can do in that situation. I mean, she, she really was backed into a corner. Right. But that's kind of the approach that a lot of people take with women's self-defense. You guys know the, uh, the Kubitons, those little, like, like pokey little metal stick thingies? Uh -huh. Yeah. Useless in a fight. Absolutely useless in a fight. And we hand them out to girls to protect themselves. Mm. I don't like giving something to girls that is more likely to be taken away from them and used against them than it is to be useful for them. Right. I mean, because that's you're, you're my purse. I don't know you. Boom. <laughs> I'm gonna poke you with my pokey stick. I'm gonna <laughs> stick you in the eye. 
Good shot. Right here. That, uh, it is a good shot. It is such a good shot. Wait, wrong movie. This uh, Gotham City is actually supposed to be modeled after Chicago, which is a little, which is what makes it feel so different than most of the superhero stuff. Most of the hero, superhero stuff is based around New York, but they decided they were going to model Gotham after Chicago to mm-hmm. give it a different and darker feel. And it also gives commentary on Chicago. Yeah. Like all these cities that used to be great at some point. It really is. All these cities that used to be great at one point in time and were the thriving central growing points of the United States are now like falling to pieces. They really are. Like San Francisco, Chicago, especially Detroit. New York City goes through its ups and downs (laughs) all the time. Atlanta's on a downswing. So this scene, it it speaks to me because because this scene right here, guys, every time. So my love for this series is anytime I would see Bruce work out, I would Mm -hmm. do push-ups along with him. You're going to do push-ups right now, aren't you? I would never. Yeah, yeah, I do. I am. You you know what, Jeff? You know I used to be able to do this. I wonder if I could do the whole, you know, leaning on my feet thing. Oh, oh here we go. Here we go. If you hear me say, oh, you know why. All right, I both, I both oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I've not worked out in years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's harder than it was. <laughs> okay, we're fine. I didn't want you to get hurt, Jeb, but that was exactly what I was hoping would happen. I didn't get hurt, but landing was a lot harder than I thought. Gosh, that was rough. I used to be able to keep up pace with him, too. I could barely do 10, I feel like. For the for the five or 10 push-ups that you see on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I would do is do it, like, do push-ups until the next scene. So I even talked when Alfred was talking. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, but that was just <laughs> great. Sorry, I just got to laugh because me doing push-ups or struggling to do push-ups will forever be ingrained on the internet. Yes. <laughs> that just needs to be a clip that we save. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh! I will what? say, though, I used to be great at push-ups. Yeah, I mean, well, we used to work out a lot more. It, it's yeah, harder, we did. It's harder to work out when you don't have people to do the same thing as you alongside with you yeah because like when when we're in savannah and we're with uh, my family and we're doing taekwondo stuff it's a lot easier to get motivated to work out yeah gosh i hate that i stopped going to taekwondo even when i was at home because at least i would get one week of you know working out mm-hmm. or two days i'd work out yeah one week of working out but because my family lives so far away now for church, that 45-minute drive kills. Yeah. You know, last week we did Aladdin. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. I'd love to just insert his voice at random points throughout other movies. <laughs> That would be really great. It would be. Like, why do we fall? (laughs) So we can learn to pick ourselves up. (laughs) 
or right here. I think the Batman deserves a medal. <laughs> well, I was going to use the scene of, well, I'm buying the hotel. <laughs> they actually got him in a smiling friends for one scene and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. no, no, Bruce, you said it wrong. You need to say it like Rachel. Oh, and you 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 said it wrong too, Katie. It's precision of language. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like I she uh, her acting in the giver annoys me so much but oh she was in the giver yeah yeah that's where that comes from yeah i haven't seen the giver in so so long because she was the annoying mom where that was the only thing she would say she'd get Mm. pissed she'd get all ticked off anytime that uh any of the characters would show any type of emotion and then she'd just go precision of language and it was just a really weird break in the the, anyways that's where my hatred of katie holmes comes from fair that's fair that being said, she is a really pretty lady. She is. I actually think that she's more pretty than the Rachel in uh, in The Dark Knight, even though she's the better actress. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. Watching this movie, like, there was the guy that the guy that was running the company for Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne. I was looking at it and I was like, "Why does he look so familiar? Where have I seen him before?" And then it's Rutger Howard. It's isn't Ned Batty from uh, Blade Runner. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I have uh, Tears and Rain. Movie. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Hey. He yeah, the guy who runs Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, got another thing. That's the voice of Xehanort in Kingdom Hearts 3. Dang. Man, he aged so differently. Yeah. Man, he like became a different person. Rest in peace. It's really weird that he actually died in the same year uh, Blade Runner was set. <clears throat> wow. That is weird. That is weird. Coincidence? I think not. Bernie, don't Bernie me. This little rat is guilty. <laughs> um. Oh, what was I gonna say? What was I gonna say? I was gonna say something before we got on a tangent. Yeah, I don't know. Another moment where there's a character that Nolan made more realistic. Yeah, because Scarecrow was more supernatural, and he made him into like a a more realistic. I use hallucinogens type of deal. Right. So when did the nut take over the nut house? <laughs> they scream and they cry. I just want to recast this entire movie into a comedy. Yeah. Okay. Gilbert Gottfried and Spider-Man. Osborne! We attack his heart! Ouch! Am I? Gosh, that was not a good Gilbert Gottfried. But you know what I was trying to... You know what I was trying to do? Yes. It was great to see him in the new Spider-Man movie. Who, uh, Gilbert Gottfried? No, uh, Green Goblin. Yeah. Oh! Seeing all those guys back brought so much joy to me. 
I'll let y'all talk about that because I still haven't seen it. Well, well, to be fair, everyone knew the villains were coming back. Yeah, which is why I'm feeling that. Which is why I'm talking about it. I wouldn't talk about anything else. Except that when we went to go see it, there were actually these two guys that were sitting behind my seat that were talking through the entire movie. Oof, such jerks that would do that. I know. It's like, why would you talk through an entire movie? People are just trying to enjoy Who talks through? I cannot cannot stand people who talk through entire movies. Like, who the heck would do that? People are trying to enjoy this movie and watch this movie, and we have idiots who think it's okay to talk through entire movies. They don't that even talk about the movie half of the time. Half the time, they're just rambling on about other crap. We should do a podcast about that. I know. We should. They weren't I have kids to feed. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great line. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Maybe okay, try okay. shawarma. My falafel! <laughs> <laughs> Where are the other drugs going? Drugs going. Does that one not work either? Okay. Because <laughs> I'm okay. free. All right. Free falling. This reminded me what I was going to talk about. Steven. Yes. Remember our Batman ticked our vines we used to do? <laughs> oh, yes. Those were so good. <laughs> Where are the Beatitudes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I swear. Swear to me. <laughs> And of course, my favorite. <laughs> hey, Bruce, have a Snickers. Why? You're not yourself when you're hungry. Better? No, but that was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> my vines were top notch. Yeah, I miss Vine every day. I do too. If you can't, my my saying, my saying is, if you can't be funny in seven seconds, then you don't deserve to be vi- famous on the internet. I, I mean, I don't know if I would go. I mean, we're 79 minutes in and we're still not funny. So I, I, I would hey, give us some, a little bit. Of I leeway. don't know about you guys, <laughs> but I am hysterical. <laughs> who was the one who tried to do push-ups when Bruce Wayne was doing push-ups and then kind of might have hurt himself? Well, you know, Jeb, hysterical does have two meanings. Oh, well, that's and awkward. That hey, it's the shot does... from Smallville. That's true, yeah. Which came did that shot from Smallville come first, or did this come first? I think this came first. Smallville might have aired first, but I think this came first, because after this is when they started using it. Yeah. James, what did you think about Scarecrow? Because we're about to come up on another pivotal Scarecrow moment. What were your opinions good. on Oh, look. This kid would grow up to be the most hated, one of the most hated people in TV. Oh, yeah! Because yeah. he's Joffrey! <laughs> <laughs> that is Joffrey. Poor kid. Mr. Batman, bring me his head. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. Whenever they introduced um, John Blake in Dark Knight Rises, I thought they were referring to that kid that we just saw. Oh. It's kind of like how Marvel kind of retconned that kid in Iron Man 2. He's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's Peter Parker. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What a forgettable film. So sad. Iron Man 2? Yeah. Yeah. It was was the first MCU film I saw when it came out. Like, it's not, it's It's not that it's 
it's not that it's bad. It's just kind of forgettable. It was the film that intru- uh, introduced um, uh, Black Widow. That's true. Oh, yeah. It, it had this some nobody that made an appearance in one scene named Elon Musk. Mm. Really? Yeah, because uh, the, the scene in the movie where... That's that tricks or that uh, trick. That's that scene right here is really cool. Yes, I I think it visually it's one of the most amazing scenes. You have all the quick cuts, the limited CGI, and I love the leap through the window moment. Yeah. But yeah, Elon Musk was in that scene in Iron Man two where right before he gets in, uh, Tony Stark gets in the race car. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's like the real life Tony Stark shows up. <laughs> Be super funny if that was like a like an unscripted moment. Like a like with a Robin Williams moment in the friend scene. He just kinda like walks in and it's like, dude, Elon Musk is on set. <laughs> The music in this scene. The music in this movie. This is my favorite musical score in all film history. Yeah. Because it's got like that. It's got like that. Those ominous tones that they use during like the action sequences or the scenery moments. Right. But then it's just got that. Those beautiful overtones that just come in like the soft piano. I love piano moments. This was the scene that I was thinking about earlier. Okay. Yeah. Because they do it again in Dark Knight Rises. I've mentioned before how um, how certain trilogies have this tendency to do. The first movie is like the brave stepping up to take on the quest. The second movie is the constant defeat and the third movie is pressing forward and overcoming. Yes. That is the hero's journey in a nutshell. Yes. This movie and honestly this series is just a second film over and over and over. It's constantly the defeat, the defeat, the defeat, the defeat, but the pressing on anyways. I could see that. Yeah. Cause like, even when you end with the dark Knight rises, the battle isn't over. Like, all he does is remove the the linchpin moments so that the people can come behind later and fix it themselves. Right. He's never the solution. He's just the one that removes the obstacles. And I think that's why they they put such a, a focus on the politics of the movie because Batman can never be the solution. Mm-hmm. He can only remove parts of the problem. Yes. Wow, he's turning 30. He ancient. Dear Lord, I'm almost 30. Buddy, you know what that means? What does that mean? I'm almost 30. Not me. I'm going to be 26 forever. You're going to be 26 forever. Tell me your secrets. There's 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 an old stone age. Just... Man, if I had thought of that, I could have been I could have been 25 for years by now. I, I could have been 
20 for years. Ew, why would you want to be 20? I don't know. Dear Lord, dude, that's disgusting. Fine, fine, fine. 22. So I can have my Taylor Swift year every day. Oh, Taylor Swift, dude. Oh. Man, for, the rec- just... for, for the record, I do not listen to Taylor Swift. Don't date her because if you, if, unless you want an entire album written by about you. Well, I kind of don't. Plus, I'm already spoken for, so. I'm still single, so Taylor. <laughs> yeah. No. James, I'm Taylor, no, James, like no. Dear Taylor Swift, if you would like to get in touch with James, you can find him at, what's your, what's your Twitter handle? At James underscore justice. You actually said it. Taylor, he's, he is available and ready for you. James, don't do it, please. You don't want to. You don't want to make that mistake. I'm not. I'm not that much of a masochist, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, how Batman getting into the Batcave? The way that looked is um, reminiscent of the the '60s Batman. Yeah, but it doesn't have like the busts thing. Yeah, it also kind of feels like a descent downward. Because, like, in order to overcome his villains, he has to descend to something that he didn't have to be before. Right. This film really was genius. It was. I don't care what anyone says about this movie and this movie series. They're great. And if you don't think so, well, then you're wrong. I'm just kidding. You can have your own opinion, but I just won't agree with you okay no i think you're wrong and i think you're stupid i think i think you should uh i think you should plug a cable into the wall and stick it in your mouth well that's that's a little severe well that sounds <laughs> fun i might try it after this is over it's, a, it's, a, it's shock therapy 100 percent not refuted by so much science of the day guys we've just we just missed how morgan freeman became god well, he got because... fired from Wayne Enterprises. Then he ascended to deity. <laughs> Can you really ascend to deity if you were one in the first place? <laughs> okay, there's, there, there's, there's a recurring South Park joke where anytime that there's a convoluted plot, Morgan Freeman pops up to explain it. And then one of the kids asks him, Dude, why is it that every time there's a convoluted plot, you show up to explain things? That's because every time I show up to explain things, I earn a new freckle. And then a new freckle pops up on his face. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't see this. We don't see Falcone again, do we? Yeah, Uh, I'm pretty sure that is his arc. I think for the rest of the movie is that's it. He gets captured at the halfway mark and that's it. I I, I, am wrong. I think so as well. I mean, like he's referenced all throughout uh, the next the next two films because, like, his influence on the city was incredible. Yeah. I think he's not as mentioned much in the second movie, but it's the other crime boss. It's always two crime bosses: Falcone and um Maroni. Maroni. Yeah, because Maroni picked up the Falcone crime ring after Falcone went insane. Right, 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 right. Here's another thing that's interesting. Every, uh, every one of the uh, protagonists has an opposite antagonist. 
So like for Batman, it's Ra's al Ghul. For mm-hmm. Rachel, it's Stephen Crane. It was it Stephen Crane or is that that's the author? That's no, the, uh, uh, I think, uh, but Crane, Doctor Crane, Jonathan Doctor Crane, Crane. Jonathan Crane. Okay, Jonathan yeah. Crane, who is yeah. uh, in the comic books canonically a descendant of um, Ichabod Crane. There's your fun Ooh. fact for the day. Well, there you go. Ooh. I didn't know that. Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Right, 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 right. Oh, that like, explains the, you know, fear stuff. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, for, uh, for, uh, oh, what's his name? Gordon? Freeman. Uh, oh. Yeah, for Gordon, for Gordon, it's Flass. And for, for uh, Fox, it's, um, Lucius, not, no, Lucius is Fox's first name, stupid. <laughs> Lucius Fox, yes, correct. Yes. Uh, but it's, uh, the guy that takes over Wayne. And right. Flies. Who's Alfred's? Does Alfred? Alfred's is Bruce. He's here. <laughs> the Batman. Great movie. I cannot wait to watch the new Batman movie again just so I can get a better grasp on how I feel about it. Because it was a good movie, but it wasn't my favorite Batman movie because mm-hmm. my favorite Batman movie is The Dark Knight. Yeah. I, Which is also my favorite movie, but you know. I always say the rule of three. The first time gives you your strongest feeling about it. The second time gives you the opposite reaction and the third time gives you the honest balance in between. Maybe that's why I see movies like three or five times in theaters. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I found I get the most honest uh, opinion about either movies or people, even people. Mm-hmm. I, I get a first thought about somebody and I get to know them a little bit more. And then my feelings swing the other direction. And then I have a little bit more time with that. And then I can rationalize what's true and what's not. Right. I just told a whole bunch of people how I judge them. Well, there you go. Oh, you heard you heard it here, folks. Stephen judges people in the rule of three. I do, I do indeed. All right. So, interesting fact: the martial arts style used here is named kisei, and it is basically an adaptation of Spanish street fighting. Huh. It's very close to the body, mostly using like elbows, shoulders, and knees. Which, while not very, I don't think it's very useful most of the time, it works for Batman when he's surrounded by multiple people. Yeah. Keeps things close to the body, easy, quick turn, simple strikes, meant for a knockout. Not meant to be flashy and over the top, just meant to be effective. Hello, Atomic. My dog is here trying to distractify me. I love oh, the tables being turned makes makes that moment so good. Yeah. Well, 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 how the turntables. <laughs> I should watch well, that show again. My turntables right here. What are you talking about? <laughs> and of course, all right, so. This shows you the difference, again, between uh, Gordon and the rest of the police force. Yeah. And especially between him and Flass. Because uh, at this... What rank is he at this point? Uh, He's lieutenant at the end of the movie, but... So I'm assuming captain? 
Uh, captain's above. Oh, sergeant maybe. Know. He might. Yeah, he. I, I think he's probably a sergeant. I don't remember exactly. All I know is he's a detective, Gordon. Yeah. Atomic, hush your butt. Here, you guys, you guys uh, keep things going for a moment. I need to put the dog up so he doesn't whine at us all the time. Okay. We got this, I do believe. Don't we, James? Yes. Got because, what? No, I'm kidding. Because Batman and movies and my favorite, one of my favorite movie series with one of my favorite actors and another one of my favorite actors. And stuff. Again, how the turntables, because as the police are waiting for backup, Batman is also calling backup. There's that, that, the whole argument, that stupid argument, it's like, Batman just beats up people. And it's like, well, he's doing it because he's trying to help people and bring justice to Gotham because the cops won't do it. Most of the cops are corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like it, cops? Here's Batman's backup. Fly, I'm... my pretties. <laughs> no, fly, sorry. my pretties. Fly, fly. I wonder what is a group of bats called? A belfry. Uh, no. Um. I searched this. Y'all can still hear me. Yes. Let's see. Let's see. It's called a colony. Take on the job. So Batman just called a whole colony. (laughs) This is also Batman facing his fear. Whoa! The theme of the movie! Oh, I didn't notice his hand shaking before he threw that. I've never noticed that before. Well, crap. If we weren't talking through a movie, I'd go back and look. But I can't because we're talking through a movie. So I'll take your word for it. Oh, I never noticed that before. That's just, oh. Can you imagine him, like, hyperventilating every yeah, time that... he sees a bat? Yeah. Oh, I love this part because it shows Batman polite and with manners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> they were probably just high and like out of it and whatnot. Maybe not high, but definitely out of it. Definitely out of it because this is a, if I remember correctly, this is a mental ward. Yes, this is Arkham. This is yes. Arkham Asylum. So, yes. They are probably very dangerous people then. Yes. And Batman just gave him an escape. I know a guy. Definitely. Definitely my favorite Batmobile. As Tank. Well. Yeah. I do think I like this Batmobile too. Again, I'm trying not to say this one. <laughs> well, that's okay. how you tell someone to be calm. I need you to stay as absolutely calm as possible and not move. Because if you move, you're going to bleed internally and die within seconds. Stop breathing so heavy. If you breathe too heavy, then your <laughs> eyes are going to pop out of their sockets and roll onto the floor. And don't worry. No pressure. <clears throat> but um, Like the pressure you're probably feeling in your brain right now. As your brain is expanding and creating pressure, 
that will eventually kill you if you don't stop breathing. So gosh darn heavy! Now she's basically like the kid from the uh, from like the kid that, that from that video where the kid comes home from the dentist. Yeah, I think I know. Who, I think I remember who you're talking about. That is definitely not compact. Yeah, but the other cars are now. But um, the windshield wipers. I've tried not to say this is like every aspect of this movie is my favorite because this was my first Batman and whatnot. But, you know, I know what you mean, because I mean, th- this movie changed the the scene of superhero movies. Yeah. Uh, like I, Atomic, hush your butt. So uh, before this movie, the superhero movies that had been released were X-Men, X2, the first two Spider-Man movies, and then one other. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Hulk, um, Daredevil, Blade. Yeah. So, like, all of those movies had come Steel. out. Which were very different than this. This was the first attempt at a realistic superhero. Yeah. Oh, uh, Steven, don't you mean dark and gritty? Dark? Sorry, dark and gritty. That does that mean means it's good. Yeah, the, I, do, I do hate when people refer to, like, dark, like, realistic as dark and gritty. Because, yeah. no. I mean, yes, the real world is dark and gritty, so of course it's going to have that feel. But it's also, you know, but it works realistic. For Batman. It works for Batman. Yeah, there are certain characters that it doesn't work for. Yeah, yeah. It, Superman. Sorry. <clears throat> okay, but Man of Steel was good, though. It was okay. I, James, I don't think we can do this anymore. I'm afraid you're going to have to log off. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> no. Um, I think the Marvel character, except for Daredevil, basically the Netflix shows, because those characters can do dark and gritty. Marvel is the only... And Moon Knight. Woohoo! And Moon Knight. I, I don't know Moon Knight, so I can't really say anything about it. I will know about Moon Knight in a few weeks when the new show drops on Disney+. Plus. But um, no idea. I feel like DC could get away with more being dark and gritty, even even Superman, you know. But if I saw some of the Marvel characters, like in the main MCU, I'm sorry, I couldn't take seriously. I think there's, I I think I agree that there's some characters that that would work for, like, like of course Daredevil works, Punisher works, but Wolverine would work. Wolverine works. Yes, you could do it with Spider Man. Depending on the scenario, true. Yeah. It's just like it doesn't, but it doesn't work with every superhero, right? Right, and it has to be done the right way as well. Because uh, what I've noticed with Spider-Man, I used to not like Spider-Man, and I realized that my distaste for Spider-Man was uh, stupid. It's That's okay, Stephen. It's okay. Yeah, we all have. We're, we're all wrong at one point of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> but I realized I, that the reason why I didn't like Spider-Man because I felt like the uh yeah I, I felt like the feel of Peter Parker and Spider-Man was too lighthearted for his villains. Mm. Now that I'm not stupid anymore, I realize that that's what sets him apart is he keeps his youthful optimism despite the darkness around him. 
And that's what makes him such a compelling character. Right. Even though the world is tainted and dark and seemingly hopeless, he's able to keep his faith and keep his character intact. It looks yeah. like they're putting chemicals in the water. They're turning the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> Do you understand that? Gay frogs! <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah. Let but Steven, you know what this reminds me of? What? What does it remind you of? Holy Musical Batman. Holy Musical Batman. When they poison Gotham's water supply. <laughs> or like when the Joker poisoned Gotham's water supplies. Or when Scarecrow poisoned Gotham's water supply. Yes. <laughs> or when Bane poisoned Gotham's water supply. Uh, of course. That's um, the only way. Red Letter Media made this comment one time. It was what, it was in the review of The Amazing Spider-Man. It seems like a lot of supervillains in movies use gas as a weapon, and the superhero has to stop use, stop the gas first. And it happened in this one. Yeah. But it, it does help to think of it in terms of like the timeline, because this was before the modern MCU and their the space race. Yeah. This was sky beams, excuse me, sky beam. Sky beam. This really was an MCU film that did something like that. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. But this was the one that changed the game. Like this changed the face of uh, superhero movies. And it gave it like that more serious, like, like a lot of the tropes that are now pretty common in superhero movies were started with this one. Darn good television. <laughs> I love that part. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> uh, if you guys hear a little uh, interruption in the audio, uh, we had to go back and re-record that part. Um, we, we had to stop in the recording, so we're back on track now. Uh, <coughs> yeah. So, dude, can you shut up? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I just Who had to cough. I'm sorry. Who coughs during a movie? Seriously, dude. It's Have almost as bad as problems. talking through a movie. I know. Have your medical problems somewhere else. I'm sorry. I won't get sick <laughs> on the mic. Better not. Um, but picking up the okay, parts that we were talking name. about. It's uh, not just your name, sir. It's your father's name. And it's all that's left of him. Or in a holy musical, Batman. Is it? Get rid of the plane. It's not just your plane, your plane sir. sir. It's your father's plane. And it's all that left of him. Don't destroy it. Well, uh, don't let me wane on your parade then. Yeah. <laughs> but they dear Brucey. Um, but what I was saying a minute ago um, was that I found that uh, Bruce Wayne is Alfred's uh, antagonist. I think I said this during the part that was cut off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is Alfred's antagonist. Because Alfred has to hold him together as he's pushing his limitations further and further and overstepping his bounds. Yeah. Yeah. He is the balance in Bruce's chaos. Which is why things kind of fall apart later on in uh, The Dark Knight Rises when he tries to do this without Alfred. Yeah. They really did pull all the best actors for this movie. This is probably one of the most well-casted movies. It really is. Like, Why did you do it? 
Scarecrow, because it was a gas to do so. Okay. <laughs> Hello. If everybody just had the Joker's logic, why'd you do it, Scarecrow? I don't know. I just kind of do things. I just, I just did it for giggles. <laughs> when you told me what you were doing, I, I just think like Alfred confronting him. I forget the words they use. Is like the only was, thing stopping me from calling the men in the white coats is because it wasn't for thrill-seeking. What can I say, Alfred? Sometimes I just think of something and then I'm doing it. I'm like um, and yeah, I, chasing cars. I wouldn't know what I, to do if I caught one. And I don't know why that scene, the darn good television scene. Yeah, I do not know why, but my old roommate Josh, me and him would like we'd quote random movies, and the random quote from this movie would be that one, and we'd always end it with um Josh being Alfred saying, "It's not just your name, sir. It's your father's name." It's all am that's I, left of it. Am I pronouncing this right? No, you're not. <laughs> that's why i so, said yeah. like, i felt like that was a meta joke yeah it, it is but it's a good one but yeah whenever so yes, I really, this this movie really got me into batman so after i watched these movies i started playing the arkham games uh-huh. and Raish is a very big prominent character in arkham city but they were saying Raish instead of Roz. In my whole life, I've heard it as Roz in this movie, so I was very yeah. confused. <laughs> it's a very understandable mistake to make, so it's it's not all bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not all, I mean, it's understandable, but... Yeah. What was your reaction when you saw um, Liam Neeson's character return here? Again, I wasn't really surprised because this is something I would figure he would do. Okay, but what was your reaction when you found out he was really Ra's al Ghul? Well, I, I kind of knew he was before the movie started, so... The horror! Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that awkward laugh where it's like, eh, he's the rich kid, he's got all the money, you better be laughing. So basically what... Bruce is saying here, like, it's true, though. It is. And that's part of, that, that's part of what, like, gives his character such a punch. Two-faced! Like, Sorry. Say what? Oh, Apparently, oh. Uh, he was supposed to have been, or he wanted to, uh, Liam Neeson wanted to reprise his, or reprise his role as Rachel Ghoul in uh, Arrow, but wasn't able to do it because of scheduling conflicts. Oh, that would have yeah. been so cool. That would've I would have cool. loved that. Not gonna lie, the guy they got was okay. You know, not. I mean, I wish they got Liam Neeson, but you know. Well, it's like well, Liam Neeson came back to play Qui Gon in the Clone Wars, so that was really nice. Yeah. yeah. I think season three of Arrow was the last good season, like continuously, because I feel like seasons one, two, three were really good. Season four was Garbo, and I hate that. They picked it back up for season five, which was great. And then the rest of the season was meh. Yeah. I found that the first season was the one that compelled me the most. And pieces of season two were pretty good. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And again, here we have the 
the biggest dividing moment is what they value and how they accomplish it. Yep. Because most most villains in real life think that they are doing something good. Like yes. the League of Shadows, they are technically fighting crime, but they're doing it by becoming criminals themselves. Mm-hmm. And they, and it's not like they're doing that accidentally. They embraced it. Yes. They embraced the fact that they were doing something that is wrong for the purpose of accomplishing what they believe to be a good. And that's what I think creates such complex characters like this. Yeah, if, if George R. R. Martin, who uh, needs to finish his books, by the way, always agreed. Said, uh, uh, always said like he, he nobody ever believes that they're evil. Mm-hmm. You know, this is really funny about these movies. Christopher Nolan was doing a uh, an interview about the making of his films and uh, what he would do as a director. And uh, he had been working on the idea for Inception for a while. And, uh, you know, of course, when it's released, it's a big deal and whatnot. And then someone asked him um, about the making of Inception and how all that came into being. And he's like, well, it's really simple, actually. You come up with the idea, you plan the idea, you make a Batman movie to make the money, and then you use that money to fund Inception. (laughs) I think one of my favorite things, though, of interviewing is when Robert Pattinson, while filming Tenet with Nolan, had to leave filming to go audition for Batman. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Nolan knew that's what he was going to do, and he was like, I mean, no hard feelings, my dude. So, I'm sorry, Robert Pattinson did what to audition for Batman? So, he was filming Tenet around the time. Oh. Yeah. So, while he was filming Tenet, he left filming for a bit to go audition for Batman and tried to keep it secret from Nolan. Now, here's another interesting... In all of this conversation, Ross is kind of looking at the Waynes as an obstacle in the way. Which yeah. is... Which is interesting to me because, like, he has no problems admitting that the Waynes were good people. Yes. And that the Waynes cared about Gotham and did good things. But he also saw them as the villains of the story because they stood in the way. Yep. The only thing I really didn't get about his Rachel Ghoul is how did he know from the get-go that he was Batman? I guess I think because he because of the talks they had during his training and I'm sure because he wasn't dead, you know, Mm -hmm. he was just unconscious because Bruce took him to some um, to a village to recover. So I'm sure he kept tabs on his former student and saw what he was doing and recognized, you know, oh, I trained him to do just this. Yes. He's probably also had quite a few uh, sleeper cells in Gotham since this has been like a long-standing project of theirs. Yeah. So it probably wasn't difficult to keep an eye on him. And I, Gary Oldman, you genius. Also, why does Gary Oldman in this movie look like my dad? <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. Like this is what my dad and my uncle look like, especially my dad. It's the mustache. Yes. 
Your family has a very specific type of mustache. Yes, we do. I hope you're not a member of the fire brigade. <laughs> I was just saying that too as my phone turned off. <laughs> so I was saying it and I was like, oh, this is going to be great to add for content. Realized my phone was off. Well, no one heard me say it. <laughs> Jeff tells the all those bloody push-ups if you can't lift a bloody log. That, 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 it's a great line. <laughs> yeah, Alfred no, was... I, I changed, I changed my answer. This Alfred's my favorite Alfred. <laughs> yes. One thing that will never get old is Alfred sassing Batman. Yeah. Yes. Which was also uh, where they relied on the comic relief. Uh, no one is a firm believer that you take the tone that the content allows you to take. Yes. I, I mean, I've stressed this before. Part of my issue with the Marvel movies is they're either too silly or too serious. Like they're not good at keeping pace with their tone. Agreed. These movies are really good at it. They take themselves very seriously, but you've got characters like Alfred that can bring in some silly moments while not breaking the tension entirely. Why do we fall so? A recurring theme! Yeah. We love a good recurring theme. Yes. Ideally, when you're making a movie, you want to be able to tie <laughs> it down to one, uh, to one sentence. And if you really can, to really make a good movie theme, you can tie it down to one word. So, like, I, I think, like, that quote is probably, like, the one sentence that sums up the film. And, arguably, the whole series. Yes. Like, like we were saying earlier, the whole series is this idea of the fall and the standing, and the falling and the standing. And every, every character arc is the same way. Yeah. You had to say that, James. What? The, the, like, unless he has some way to getting that crap into the air. You oh. had to say that! <laughs> <laughs> Speaking it into existence. James, they can pay you royalties for writing the script. And I do, the chaos that they were able to do here really helps a lot. Yeah. You've got, you've got the criminals escaping, but of course there's something bigger going on. You have uh, the assassins that are constant throughout it. You have Wayne Manor burning down. It's a lot of things happening, but realizing that most of those things are not centrally important at the moment. Yeah. And that's where, that's where the city of Gotham really comes in, because like we were saying earlier, Batman is not the end solution. No. He can only Panic take care. Streets of Gotham. Panic. I'm sorry. If you get that reference, you get a cookie. <clears throat> anyway, continue. Who, who, who's going to pay for the cookie? Are, are we talking like a, a Chip Tahoy cookie? Or are we talking like a $3 crumble cookie? Either or are one. we talking about, or, or, or hear me out. Okay. We're talking about a nice, juicy Chick fil A cookie. Ooh. That's good. <laughs> That's a tough call there. Yeah. I don't know. Jeb's paying for it, so what, what do I care? 
I mean, not going to lie, I am probably going to get Chick-fil-A after this. <laughs> so, yes, I will probably buy me a cookie. So you knew the song, I was referencing the song Panic by the Smiths? <clears throat> oh, sadly, I did not know that, but I'm still getting myself a cookie. Okay, that's because, fair. Heck your rules, bringing down the man, the oppression. If a man wants a cookie because he wants a cookie, then he shouldn't have to answer trivia. Okay. Dear Lord, man. I want a cookie, so I will get a cookie. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like a Tibia from uh, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> if I want to see the machine, I will see the machine. Pops his head in the door. Okay, let's go. <laughs> That's um, a movie. That's a movie we should do on this because I've not seen it. Uh, fun fact. Uh, so Commissioner or Commissioner Loeb here. Yeah, it's named after Jeff Loeb, huh. who wrote Batman for a long time. If you've ever like oh. Long Halloween, um, Batman Dark Victory, I um, need to see the the uh, Long Halloween movie. Oh, Hush was good. At least the comics were good in Hush. I don't the the animated film of Hush was eh. I've wanted them to adapt that into a movie for a long time, and I've never gotten around to watching it. <laughs> I heard I it I've... wasn't that great, sadly, which made me kind of sad. I haven't seen that one yet. I, I mean, I've seen quite a few of them, but I haven't seen that one yet. Atomic, hush your butt. Hush. Whiny boy. Even though it's a small moment, I do love how they have their own little final battle. Yes. You're not alone. You can have my tank. <laughs> I love how, like, when he's given the keys, he, like, becomes, like, a a kid in a toy store with a $100 bill. Yep. The acting is just too good. It it's, really is. Yeah. It's not a superhero film. It's a grand epic. Yes. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Because I, me, and John were talking about how Attack on Titan was um was a modern is is a modern epic, and we were talking about you know when was the last time we got a big epic like Attack on Titan? Um, yeah. I thought the last modern epic we got was Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. John argued, you know, oh maybe the Harry Potter series, and I was like. It's got it. It's got its ups and downs, and the downs kind of bring it down a little bit. Well, and if then, it actually ended on a good note, Game of Thrones would have been that situation. Yeah, and then um, speaking so yeah, of I Game could, of Thrones, I could I could see this as um being a modern epic. Yeah, watching I don't care. I know he's just a little innocent kid, but watching Joffrey squirm just fills me with joy. Jeez, <laughs> oh, no, on, Steve, no, Stephen, you you don't get it. He was truly awful. <laughs> you do not get it. He's one of the most hated TV characters of all time. I'll say it that. Say it that way. They had a good start here, though. Yeah. I get revealing himself here to Rachel, but dear Lord, this is stupid of her. Because he's got this great moment. 
It's not who I am underneath. Well, it could be anybody. What I do that defines me. It could be Bruce Banner. Dear Lord, woman, did you have to say my identity out loud? Do you know how many people are around here? Wait, wait, wait. It's not like it's not like she said Bruce Wayne. It could have. It could be any. It could have been Bruce Banner. Yeah, it could have been Bruce Banner. It could have been um, Bruce Campbell. Jackie Bruce. Jackie Bruce from uh, from Cream. I think he was still around at this point. To quote No Way Home, I'm not saying who said it, but to quote No Way Home, it, it's a secret identity. I, do, I don't really keep uh, identification in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely, I love, literally. <laughs> I love that reaction. I mean, because, yeah, this is, for the League of Shadows, this is definitely over the top, even though yes. they're dressed very similarly. I mean, take the the cap and the cowl away, and they are dressed very similarly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't be two of your clients. As you wish, two more drop down. Yeah. I remember the first time I drove in a Ford F two fifty. It's like driving a behemoth. <laughs> you hear that kitty purr, and you're like, "I am at home now." <laughs> that is a that's a truck, right? Yes. It is a behemoth of a car. Well, I, I I don't know the breeds of car, and at this point, I'm afraid to ask. So, <laughs> I just stick with Toyota and call all my cars Tony the Toyota. Right now, on the second version of it, Tony Mark Yoda. Tony Yoda. Tony Yoda. Tony Mark II. It's like the Iron Man suits. Every time I get a new tone, get a new Toyota, it just becomes a Mark III. It, you know. Adds on like the Iron Man suits. Yeah. You have a train to catch. (laughs) Gosh, I can't wait till we do those movies. (laughs) That poor guy. Well, again, like those little moments that give it that sense of realism. Like people in panic, somebody is going to get hurt. Yeah. Like, probably one of the only moments that isn't very realistic. I think we're about to get to it. When he starts to swing upward. Uh, Oof. You also have to keep in mind it's a comic book movie. I mean, yeah. To a point. But, like, it's, um, it's a moment where he starts to pull himself upward and he's kind of, like, swinging and swaying in between. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, like right up your head. Like, so why do you think he can do that? Because I'm Batman. I defy the laws of gravity and physics. They obey me. He's not wearing hockey pads. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Oh, never mind. It didn't happen the way I was thinking. Maybe I was thinking of a Spider-Man movie. Maybe. Another thing, the destruction. Mm-hmm. I, I get. I recently rewatched. Oh, <laughs> speaking of lines that Liam Neeson says during sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was recently rewatching the uh, the Bourne trilogy, mm. and 
I need to rewatch those. Okay, so I really, really love uh, Supremacy and Ultimatum movies two and three. Yes. Every time I rewatch the first one, I despise it a little bit more than the previous time. And part of the reason is, uh, what was I saying? The car chase scene is so unrealistic. Mm. There's so little damage that happens. He's able to bob and weave throughout traffic without even so much as scratching anybody. I think that one time he plows through a, uh, a glass bus stop thing and it shatters and that's it. But here in these movies, there's constantly something that's being destroyed irreparably. Yes. And here's another example where the, the fighting style of Kisei actually works. When you're in close quarters and you don't have the room to move around. Yeah. Come on, Gordon. There you go. Don't beat yourself too up too much, buddy. It's only people going to die that's going to be the problem here. Got him! I will say this about the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. is that One thing that they did that was good was that they actually had stuff in it that kind of felt the aftermath of what happened in New York. Yeah. And it kind of yeah. spills over into like Jessica Jones and two future movies after that. They're and like, Daredevil. And mm-hmm. yeah, and Spider-Man. Um, well, How about Batman didn't America's technically kill him, but he also killed him. Yes. But it's like, this is all, this, this battle just did this to me. and But I don't have to save you. Yeah. But yeah, no, and like Stephen was saying, even Civil War, the aftermath of New York, um, had great impacts on that movie. Yeah. And then even here, like, the villain's been stopped now. But the fallout from this movie continues on for both of the other films. Yep. I mean, like, it, it, it does give you this realistic feel of problems don't just go away. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with the after effects. I think in the comics, Bruce Wayne actually does have his own fund to repair the damages around Gotham, but I think. I mean, it makes sense with the empire that's built. I mean, he would surely have enough money to build uh, a fund that could grow. Yeah. It's going to be a story to tell later. <laughs> and then, of course, the conclusion of, uh, well, not the conclusion, but the final face off between <laughs> Lucius and what's his name? Everybody's got their villain. And I, I do appreciate how they Yours. brought. Sorry. <laughs> Aw, poor Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fact that I own most of the shares. 
<laughs> Seeing how my name is on the building. <laughs> Ooh, got him! And of course, because I'm Morgan Freeman. Didn't you get the memo? Of course I got the memo. <laughs> I'm just forwarding it back to you. And now, I shall take a photograph of myself gaining my 74th freckle. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she is a creation of Christopher Nolan's, I do think that she fits very well into this particular cinematic universe. Yes. And as much as I can't stand her acting other places, this really is a cute love story between them. Yes. I sometimes listen to the music from this clip. Just, I think it's in my favorite study music playlist. Mm Mm-hmm. Atomic, you need to shut your butt. You didn't do this last time. It's okay, Atomic. We can't hear you. Well, I can hear him. And well, it bothers me and my soul. Okay, well, you bringing it up is only going to be a distraction to the viewers who are listening and or watching this movie with us. Well, you know what? I'm right. Why are you booing? I'm right. <sighs> <laughs> And of course, the moment we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. this being his mask, it's not that Bruce Wayne himself doesn't exist, but it's that the Bruce Wayne that he puts on as a public show is not who he actually is. Correct. Um, His values are not Bruce Wayne. His values are Batman. Mm -hmm. That's what he lives for and what he breathes and what he does. And that's why it comes to that pivotal moment of it's what you do that defines you. Mm -hmm. Which... I think is in terms of how it relates to our Christian faith, I I find it interesting in how it, it interacts with what we believe about ourselves and our identity. Right. It's not what goes in that comes, that defiles a person, but what comes out of them. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's not that your actions save you. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously I think we, any of us who have been Christians long enough know scripture well enough to say it's not our actions that save us, but you should be able to look at somebody's actions and tell whether or not they're a believer. Atomic hush. You mean faith without works is dead? No, no, Jeb, that's not what I'm saying. Don't put words in the Bible's mouth. I I wasn't putting words in the Bible's mouth. I was being serious. Your faith will show works. Jeb, we... Lutherans drowned the book of James years ago. Oh, okay. It's dead and You gone. did what to me? Um, James, you might want to sit down for this. Well, I am sitting down. <laughs> also, you're a Lutheran? Or is that a joke? That was a joke. It was a joke. I don't know. You heard it here, folks. Stephen is a Lutheran. I guess I'm a Lutheran now. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy who walks around and goes through... So there he goes. He was a sergeant. Oh, okay, yeah. Hope dealers (laughs) in the streets. It's lieutenant now. Yeah. 
this uh, I also found out that this was the first like major filmmaking project that Nolan did. Yeah, uh, it, it was his first like major studio production, and so this is what created all of the. Uh, I don't want to say cliches, but all the the token endings, like like in these three movies and a lot of Nolan's films, the title mm-hmm. of the film doesn't show up until the very end. Yes, and I kind of hate that, not going to lie. Because what if I'm watching a movie and I want to let the world know, hey, I'm watching this movie. They won't know that I'm watching this movie until at the very end of the movie. Wow, Jeb, I guess you should uh, pay more attention and open your eyes a little bit. Wow. You know, you're not wrong. What can <laughs> I say? The audience went nuts when, when they revealed the... Uh, the Joker card? The Joker yeah. card. Yeah. You see, and I my, do... my father was a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> One night, he comes home a little more tilted than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. And Batman Begins was good. Batman yeah. Begins. He does exactly what it says on the tin. You're right, because Batman did, in fact, begin. And I, I do appreciate how they tease the Joker, and then the very next movie is about the Joker. Yeah. He's like the very first scene. He's like the first guy we see in the second one. There should be Bob Kane and Bill Finger, but we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> yeah. it's They definitely make that a ref. They definitely do that with... um. The new one. It says Bob Kane, created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. Yeah, Bill Finger did most of the work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Batman Begins. So we thank you guys for joining us here. Be sure to share it uh, wherever it's available. We're going to try to get it up on on, uh, Apple Podcasts in the very near future if it's not already there. Uh, Jeb, James, thank you guys for joining. Thank you for having me. Thank you for also having me as your co-host. It's been great. Yeah. All right, and next time we're going to come back and we will be joined by Pastor Blake to do How to Train Your Dragon. Woo! All right, we will see you guys later. Thank you very much for joining in. Bye, guys. Bye.